Hi, everyone. I'm so excited for you to get to hear this wonderful conversation I had with the incomparable and hilarious Dulce Sloan. We talk about everything from working from home uh, to uh, her work on the news show, The Great North. And we have a lively discussion about our celebrity crushes. So settle in for some hijinks. Forever. Dog. Hello, everyone. I'm Jinx Monsoon, and welcome to Hi, Jinx! a podcast where I, an internationally tolerated drag superstar, get to interview compelling and fascinating people about how they became who they are and why they do what they do. Today we are joined by comedian, Daily Show correspondent, and actor, Dulce Sloan. Hi, Dulce! Hi, Jinx! (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. I did it. She did it. She did it. I would like to thank the academy. I would like to thank everyone responsible for all the training that I received. Yeah. Um, Thank you for coaching me. You know, there's those moments where you're just like, this is this is why I got in debt to my eyeballs um, going to art school so that I could sit in a in a drag closet and do podcasts for the rest of my life. Well, fun fact about me, I have an $85,000 theater degree and no student loans. Congratulations. That's why your parents pray. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and it helps be black because uh, my school figured out, <laughs> oh, wait, if we bring these black girls, then we can get money? Bring them. Bring them. So, yeah, I went to a women's college where all the black girls could sit at the same lunch table, but I ain't got no loans. <laughs> Look at God. Oh, so happy. I um I can't say that um I got any special treatment in theater school for being queer because that's like you know it kind of goes hand in hand. That's like being <laughs> that's like being black at a black college. Like <laughs> even the, even the straight guys were gay at theater school. They oh. had to fit in. <laughs> uh, how are you doing? My listeners are gonna get sick of hearing this, but you and I met. Um, at Clusterfest, and we half did. my guests, half my guests so far are people I met at Clusterfest. But hey, that's what networking <laughs> is all about. <laughs> Listen, we were working. We are out here. This means that we are just really doing the work, really putting in the time, yeah. really understanding the assignment, um, as the kids like to say. But Absolutely. yeah, it's. I was so excited because, like, because um, I haven't watched RuPaul's Drag Race since season one. When uh-huh. it was on Logo, when when Drag Race was like in the back of cable, like the back, back of cable. <laughs> Logo was like the back of cable, like next to like yeah. the Africa channel, where it was like, you, what is on this network? You had to unlock many levels of cable before you got, like, it was the ultra, del- it never came standard, is no. what I'm trying to say. <laughs> this was like the extended, 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 like you were getting like, Israeli TV shows by the time you got to where Logo was. Yes, absolutely. Like, I don't know Russian, but I'll learn it because this show is riveting. 
Yeah, We've just been like, slowly crawling our way from logo closer and closer to like Comedy Central, you know. <laughs> well, now it's on VH1, but yeah, yeah, because we met at uh, Clusterfest, and I met you, and I met my God, I met you, I met Alaska, yeah, um, and I met Honey Mahogany, and I had met Manila Luzon because there was a stage. We were all the Spice of, World girls, yeah. Yes, the stage <laughs> reading of Spice World, and. I remember it's funny because like when I met you and I met Alaska and I met Nita West at the Emmys, mm-hmm. it was it was the same thing. It was like you, you ah! yeah. like we're but like neither one of us can function. Yes. Because we're so excited to meet the other one. That always blows my fucking mind because I am like unabashedly a fan of people. Like when I'm a fan of you, like especially the first time we meet, I'm going to just gush and gush and gush and get it all out of the way. And then like from that point on, maybe we can interact as human beings. But first I have to get all my like love and adoration out of the way. So when there's someone that I'm meeting and I'm going through that, like, um, you know, my world is shrinking and I'm about to meet this icon, but they're going through the same thing with me. I'm like, wait a second. That's impossible. Yeah, it's weird. Because, like, I'm so excited to meet you. Like, I'm excited to meet you. And neither one of us know how to act now. Because yeah. like, we're accustomed to, like, fans meeting us, right? Uh-huh. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're like, okay, you're in, I'm meeting a fan mode. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. hello, great. And they don't want to ask you for a picture. So you go, do you want a picture? Yeah. Just, do you want a picture? You have your, you have your rehearsed pre-approved moment um yes. that you've that you've been through a million times i have this problem sometimes i'll be in um sometimes i'll be in meet and greet mode meeting fans and then someone who's like a childhood friend will come up to me or like you know an old teacher or like a fellow mm-hmm. colleague in the business but i'm so much in meet and greet mode that they'll come up to me and be like oh my gosh i haven't seen you in two months did you ever like find your wallet that night and i'm like it's nice to see you. Hi. <laughs> Did you enjoy the show? <laughs> Fully in meet and greet robot mode. <laughs> and your friends are like, what is wrong with you? Like, uh, you literally yeah. have to like shake it. You're like, you have to short circuit it, for a moment. I just go, uh, like, okay. Uh, yeah. So like that was especially like for me, like after shows, like doing stand up shows, I'll have like, you know, you're taking pictures with people. And then one of your friends is like, hey, you want to go to this bar? And you're like, I would love to. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I'll see you in a second. And then you have to like switch back. But you don't, but it's like people, it's not like you're being fake. I think it a lot yeah. of it is mitigating people's expectations. Yes. Because it's curating they, the experience. Yes. You know, because they know, they quote unquote know you because they've seen you on TV or, mm-hmm. you know, listen to your podcast or well, follow you um, on the on the interwebs. So it's like they know you, but I'm like, hey, man, you don't know me. Um, Also, uh, some of the wildest fans are white women. They're very handsy. (laughs) Very handsy. You're like, ma'am, straight white women are wild. They're always touching you. You're like, yo, man, I don't know if it's just me. I think it might be drag queens as well. Oh, I have, I literally, not to like sidetrack the conversation, but I have literally had drunk straight men stick a finger up my butt. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, 
like, and that sounds like such a hyperbole, but I'm not kidding. Like through my, you know, not, it's not like they're penetrating anything. I'm wearing four pairs of tights and hip pads and stuff. I was asking, I'm like, this man's hands got past all of that? (laughs) You know, my asshole is just so easy to get into. No, it's just that. I've had guys, and it's like, I think they think they're being hilarious, um, but they'll like fully like, you know, diddle me. (laughs) Like there's nothing else to call it. And I I don't know if it's alcohol. I don't know if it's because I'm a drag queen. That seems like something I'd want in life, but it happens. Um, And I oftentimes grab grab them by the wrist and raise their hand above the crowd and say, this man just fingered me. As you should, as you should. You were totally justified in being like, um, excuse me, hi, uh, we've got a Weinstein in the building. We have a Weinstein. I just want everyone to be aware that this man is completely out of line and inappropriate. But I, yes. I, I don't even think I found it inappropriate at the time because I was also so much of the mindset of like, well, they expect this from a drag queen. It's part of the experience. It's only Fuck like in that. retrospect, I look back at it and I'm like, wow, that was really weird that people did that. <laughs> yeah. It's like all these drunk girls trying to motorboat me or like white people yeah. trying to touch my hair, which I've been motorboated way more times by women than I have by men. I'm like, <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't like this. As in, and they never ask. They're just like, no. I'm like, ma'am, I don't know your name. Uh, not that I've known the name of every man who put his face on the <laughs> but I would like to know somebody's name before you try there's, to get to, There's a certain get to, amount of etiquette. There's a certain, there's yes. a dance. There's a pas de deux that go, precedes motor booty. <laughs> a pas de deux, yes. A pas de deux that happens. Also, when has there ever been the juxtaposition of the pas de deux and the motorboat. This only can happen <laughs> on the hijinks podcast because yeah. we're, we're, mean, trained. we're trained. We're trained. We're trained professionals. <laughs> we out here. Um, yeah, girl. So, uh, I, yeah, I was super excited to meet you. So then we were like, oh, you want to do Jinx podcast? I was like, yes, I don't want to do Jinx podcast. Because, like, we were trying to hang out with each other after Clusterfest. But oddly enough, it was a clusterfuck. Yeah. So everybody was everywhere. And oh, then you that- that after party was worth everything. Like, mm-hmm. I would have done the gig just for the after party if that was my only compensation. <laughs> it was nuts. Because the last one was like, come hang out. You were like, come hang out. And then my friends who I haven't seen in months were like, come hang out. And I was like, oh, I'm finally popular. And I don't know what to do. <laughs> it was just the amazing thing of like, you know, I'm used to seeing other drag queens out at the after parties and stuff. Right. But it was everywhere you looked at that after party it was someone you had seen somewhere on TV at one point mm-hmm. or another. <laughs> you know, it's like, and it was an open bar. And I have never met another group of people to rival drag queens in their ability to drink um, until I met, until I after partied with comedians. Comedians oh, yeah. can drink. Like, there's almost no difference yeah. between a comedian and a drag queen when it comes to the after party. <laughs> we love an open bar. Um, <laughs> It's what we live for. It's it's really, honestly, like to go to a comedy festival that doesn't have an open bar is a comedy <laughs> festival that comics will shit on forever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care if it's PBRs or there's fuck or have drinks in the green room. Do not have comics at a festival having to come out of pocket 
for these fermented vegetable drinks. Don't (laughs) do it. Don't do it. I remember, um, oh my God, where was it? I, okay, so I'm two years sober from booze now, but mm-hmm. um, alcohol, like, I mean, I'm glad I, I'm glad I drank when I did because <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm a better person for having had my drunk years and a better mm. person for coming to the realization that I've drank enough for my lifetime. <laughs> Sometimes you but, hit your count. Yeah, you just... I'm like, I'm a drag queen. I've toured the world. I've done more drinking in my lifetime than most heteronormative, like suburban people do in their entire lives. And I'm kind of, (laughs) and I had this moment of like, maybe, maybe I've drank enough, you know? (laughs) Maybe I'm done. Maybe I've had all the drinks. I finished. I did it. I always say I was like a thermometer and I just like, you know, I got filled up. No more booze can fit in me. Um, it's like one of those fundraiser thermometers where it's like, all right, we exactly. hit the building fund. We hit the, <laughs> we hit the building fund. Now. We're pack it up now. Um, I can't remember where I was, but it was like, I th- want to say Sweden. So- <laughs> um, some blonde, uh, you know, some blonde European country. And... Um, <laughs> It was a pride event and a drag show and there was no booze backstage. And I was I remember being like so baffled by this. I was like, there's no booze. (laughs) I was like, not wait, wine, though. There's wine, right? There's wine. There's there's always wine or beer. Like there might not be liquor because then you can't have liquor. But you at least got a five or six percent somewhere in the building. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but there was nothing. And then I remember trying to, like, I tried to bribe a stagehand to go get me a drink from the crowd. Um, and then at one point, I realized I wasn't going on for, like, 30 minutes. So I tried to leave the the, <laughs> the backstage and go to a bar across the street just to get a shot before the show. Because it was such a foreign concept to me to have to do drag with zero liquor in my system. <laughs> oh, I know comics like that. They can't. Yeah. Like, and for a long time, like when I first started, I wouldn't drink before my set. Yeah. Because I didn't want to. Well, one, it's the thing is I enjoy an adult beverage, <laughs> um, but I don't enjoy the sensation of being like drunk, drunk. Yeah. Yeah. Like she gets a little buzz. She gets a little flirty. <laughs> but like my, you're talking about like thermometers, like. There's this like one, there's this line in a rap song where a guy says, I can't feel my face. And Uh so I know how drunk I'm getting because either my forehead goes numb or my lips go numb. And one, if one of those two things happens, I go water, I'm done. I'm, (laughs) I'm out. I'm tapping out. Boom. Get the ref. I'm out. And I, and I, cause I've had moments where I got drunker than that. And I'm just sitting in my body going, well, how does this stop? Because I don't want any more. How does this stop? That's where I'm over this. That's a superpower, you know, being able to stop at the point that you start to feel yourself getting buzzed. And um, I don't know if it's really a superpower or just as a drag queen, I I so rarely meet people in my line of work where they're like, oh, once I feel buzzed, I stop drinking. Because I feel like a drag queen thing is like, let's see how long and how much we can drink before we're completely shit-faced. It's almost oh, like comics a contest are like that. with ourselves. Yeah, comics are like that. The only reason I'm like that is because 
there's a once I hit a certain level of drunkness, if I go past that, I'm miserable. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. I'm miserable because I don't drink by myself. So then I would be miserable around people. Yeah. So, <laughs> and I'm miserable around my friends. Like, what's wrong? She's like, I'm drunk and I hate it. Stupid. <laughs> like, I don't want to be at that point. So the only reason I stop, the, the reason I stop is because I don't want to be miserable where you're just uncomfortable in your yeah. own body, which is why I don't like being high either. Like, yeah. I've smoked weed a few times and been like, because at least, at least when you're drunk, you're like, all right, I'm tired of this. You can throw up, you can eat, you can drink a bunch of water, yeah. tap out. When you're <laughs> high, girl, you're high. Like, you yeah. can't breathe more air. Like, you can't do anything to stop it. So that's why I like being high. Yeah, I, um, you know, I had my... <laughs> I've had my gigs where I've had a few drinks before I hit the stage. Mm. I don't like I didn't make a habit of it, but I could never at my best. I could never hit the stage stoned because something will happen where Mm -hmm. I will realize I'm in front of an audience of people and something crazy is happening. But I can't let everyone know that I'm being like really phased by the crazy thing that's happening. Um, One time. (laughs) One time I did like a backyard garden party and this was well before drag race, but I I was very new to cannabis and I thought, I know what's going to make today really fun is Mm. if I eat a weed brownie before the show later. Oh no. (laughs) So I was in a weed brownie K-hole. I think Mm. I fell asleep Mm. and then I got woken up like 10 minutes before I had to hit the stage (gasps) and... I go and I hit the stage and I'm like, I got this. I feel good. I look great. I'm going to do this. And I don't remember why. I don't know if there was any reasoning behind it, but there was like a 75-year-old woman in the audience dressed as Frida Kahlo. And she just was frowning and shaking her head during my entire performance. And I was convinced... I was convinced it was the ghost of Frida Kahlo telling me she disapproved. <laughs> um, so I made a vow like pretty much then never to go on stage stoned again. And I've mostly stuck to that. <laughs> That's a solid plan because pretty soon you start seeing the ghosts of people who are still alive. Yeah. Like yeah. if you're too, it's like, oh, is that the ghost of Dick Cheney? Is he dead? Like now you're just sitting there going, is Dick Cheney alive? Wait, I need my phone. Is you're it possible? Right, you're in the middle of a lip sync and a song. You're like, can somebody Google is Dick Cheney said? Well, if you believe, like your lip, you know your lip syncing share. You're giving them your best moves, and then you're just like, can you Google if Dick Cheney said? Thank you. Uh-huh. I, I, it's just, it's a lot. But I, I had a time yeah. once where right before I went on stage, they told me Chelsea Clinton was in the audience, but I had no idea what she looked like today. <laughs> So I like go out and I'm working the audience and I spent so much time bantering with a woman I thought was Chelsea Clinton because she had, you know, Chelsea Clinton's 90s hair. (laughs) And it turns out she was actually the straight haired woman sitting like two chairs over. (laughs) I forgot Chelsea Clinton used to have curly hair because, you know. Honestly, girl, just let your natural hair flow free. Shame moisture works on everybody. No, it doesn't. Don't use our products, please. Um, I can't say I was worried about uh, the older Obama girl because the younger one, she's gorgeous. But that older one, I just remember talking to my mother one day. I was like, girl, we might have another Chelsea Clinton on our hands. And I'm worried about the child. I really am. Maybe she'll grow out of this or grow into work. I don't know. 
But I was she she came out on the other side though. But when she hit puberty, mm-hmm. I was like, uh oh. Puberty is mm. a rough time for many many people. But I can't imagine having been in the public eye and having to go through puberty. Can you? You know. Well, I mean, I was I already had titties when I hit puberty, so I was already smooth. <laughs> you you were good to go. <laughs> Yeah, I already had titties and a big ass with some puberty hit. And I was like, oh, my body's finally catching up to my reproductive system. Thank God. So you're originally from Florida. Would you consider Florida your home state or are you an ex an expat? Um... I am originally from, me and my mom were both born in Miami. We're actually born in the same hospital. Uh, actually, I think I was born in f- the room above where she was born. Strangely enough, at the same time. Truly. <laughs> it was a tear in the matrix. <laughs> it was a tear in the, uh, it was a space-time continuum. It was a quantum leap moment. Uh, me and that lady grew up at the same time. Um, no, I spent most of my life in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So... You know, we would go back to Miami to visit my grandma and visit family, but I, most of my childhood and adult life was from was in Atlanta. So I guess mm-hmm. I would consider myself an ATLian. Uh, I love the <laughs> yeah, I love the hashtag ATL ho because most people don't get what we're talking about. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think I would consider myself more of a Georgia girl than a Florida girl. Maybe like a fuzzy navel situation. The <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, perfect term. <laughs> Um, and you live in New York now, yes? Yeah, it's trash. Uh, I just got a new apartment, <laughs> actually. Oh yeah. Um, I had a, I had a, I had a good size. I actually had a very large one bedroom because uh, I live in Queens, and but I was, you know, I'm doing a cartoon for Fox called The Great North, and I was recording that in my bedroom. Yeah. And then oh I was yeah. Doing, right. And then I was doing Daily Show in my living room. Uh, <laughs> you know, because we're in a panty liner, and yeah. I'm like. This trash. Like I like <laughs> I went to the grocery store one day and I came back, wiped out all my groceries with Clorox wipes and went in my living room and there was a fucking green screen set up and lights and everything. And I was like, there's no separation of church and state. I need That makes I, perfect sense. <laughs> I need more space. I need more space. And I was like, and I didn't have any outdoor space. Mm-hmm. So I was just in my apartment, just like, you know, trying to make it because you know we're in a Panasonic. And so <laughs> I was like, I got a bigger place. I'm literally a mile down from where my old apartment was. And because I didn't want to, I really didn't want to change neighborhoods. But now I've got like three bedrooms. So like I'm in my studio room now and I have a Mm -hmm. big bedroom. And then my uh, last bedroom, I turned into a craft room slash guest room. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, because people be coming over. (laughs) Like there's a balcony off my bedroom and then there's a terrace off my, you know, the craft room. So I have... Space, because my thing was when I get a new place, I want to turn a corner. Yeah, that's what I was looking for when I was looking for apartments. I'm like, oh, ain't no quarters in this bitch. (laughs) Ain't no corners in here. But like, I have a washer dryer and I have a dishwasher, and it's so funny because people in New York are like, oh my god, you have a washer dryer and a dishwasher. I'm like, this is standard shit in Atlanta. (laughs) Yeah, y'all live like savages. Like, this is insane to me. They're like, I can't believe you have a washer dryer, and I was like, go home. This is nuts. This city is garbage. Ah! But yeah, I live in New York. (laughs) Well, that sounds... Okay, so you mentioned a few things you work on. Um, 
But first, I want to talk about this whole like working from home thing, because you hit the nail on the head. I realized there was a point where I was like, oh, when I work from home, there are no off days no, (laughs) because I'll be doing like my own thing one day because I have nothing scheduled. Um, But they're like, oh, we'll call Jinx because she can just she's got a microphone or she's got a Mm -hmm. ring light. She can just hop into drag and do this thing. She's got nothing else going on. And it's kind of um, the most frustrating thing about quarantine as an entertainer is that everyone knows where to find you now. You can't say like, sorry, I'm on the road. I'm in the air. Can't do that. Oh, oh, man. (laughs) Missing emails because you were in the sky. Oh, what a great cross country flight. Nobody can fuck with you for five hours. And listen, we all know that if you're on Delta and have T-Mobile, you have full access to your text messages and email. But they don't but, have to know that. But they don't have to. You don't know what you don't know who my carrier is. I'm not checking this shit. The only reason I'm on this here internet is so I can play the games on my iPad or watch my Korean dramas in the sky. Exactly. That's the only reason I'm on here. But yeah, I used to be like, oh, I'm unavailable. I'm on the road. And it was like, oh no, you home. Because I'm home. Because everybody is home. The whole world had to sit the hell down. Yeah. So that was a wild part. They're just messaging you at all times of night. On the flip side of it, congratulations being able to still work. Um, let's talk about The Daily Show. Um, because we we met like maybe like four, four years ago. And you were um, working on The Daily Show then. So yes. how, how many years has, has it been that you've been a Daily Show correspondent? Uh, I started in September of 2017. Wow. Dang. <laughs> How many years is that? 18, 19, 20. This year will be four years. Yeah. Fuck. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. I was unaware. <laughs> How do you find that experience? What What is it like um, with a... a, a Compare and contrast stand-up comedy to doing um, network television, uh, uh, daily show corresponding with um, the very handsome Trevor Noah. (laughs) Uh, It's so funny. People always talk about how handsome Trevor is. (laughs) And I never see it. I don't. (laughs) To me, he looks like a giant little boy. Just a very (laughs) tall 10-year-old. Because he has a little kid face to me. Yeah. Like, he has a man's body. Like, one day I looked at him, I was like, I guess I get it. And then I looked at his face, and I was like, he looks like he wants fruit snacks. Like, that's how, that's how I see him. People are like, I can't believe that. I'm like, shouldn't we be glad that I don't want to sleep with my boss? Everybody calm down. He looks like a big yeah, kid. Exactly. Little lip. Right? But it's been, uh, one, I'm not a writer on the show. Everybody thinks I'm a writer. All these comics are trying to help me to get them to help them. I'm not a writer. I'm at the mm-hmm. WGA. That's a whole nother person's job. <laughs> um, it's been the most interesting part about it is that we get to pitch our own stories for the show. So like there's this new thing we've been doing count on it that started in, uh, we started doing last year in, uh, during the quarantine, quarantine. And it was something that I had pitched like before the lockdown started because I wanted to do something about the census. So it's been great that something that I came up with, just an idea that I had is now a piece that, you know, we, we just call, we call it count on it because of the census piece. Yeah. But now it's something that's recurring. Mm -hmm. So I was created, able to create, you know, something on the show that was a recurring piece on the show. Yeah. um, Which has been really great. And I always work with, uh, 
Josh Johnson, who's a comic who is just, ugh. He's one of those comics where, like, I don't know if it was the same for drag queens, but, like, he's one of those comics that you watch where you're just like, do I tell jokes? Do I write material? <laughs> Fuck. Like, I don't, yeah. like, every time I watch him, I'm like, what do I do? <laughs> what the hell am I doing? <laughs> Why are they paying me to say these words? This is insane. <laughs> like, every time I watch him, I'm like, fuck am i talking about am i telling jokes so i look but yeah he helps uh he me and him work together to write the pieces that i do with trevor um and any uh we have joke meetings for the field pieces that i do but it's been it's very collaborative um and trevor's very supportive uh that's one thing i do miss because we're working from home it's just me bothering him when he gets his makeup done yeah <laughs> like if you look like there's like uh if you look on like my, my instagram there's like various pictures of him sitting up in the makeup chair and me just being like mm, <laughs> what's up player like it's just me bothering him i do miss bothering him that's what i do miss yeah. about it and uh being in josh's office with all the other black people at work um <laughs> just having a good old time yeah but, but it has been interesting to like learn all of the technical stuff um, cause I've always appreciated the crew, you know, we're theater kids. So you always yeah. appreciate the crew because you've been the crew before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We were talking before we started recording about, I know way more about tech stuff than I ever planned to, or yeah. ever thought I should, you yeah. know, <laughs> this ain't my job. I am talent. Like I told my, uh, I told my manager one day, Hey man, I'm talent. Dog. I don't want to know none. Of, I got a camera set up now. that has got a teleprompter on it. And I had to figure out how to do the shit. <laughs> I got an SSL board. I don't know what the letters even mean. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not what she went to school for. Like, she's a performer. You know, she's talented. This, girl, I know too much. This is yeah. like... I've been, like, finding the balance, you know. It, it, first of all, my my um, office is also my closet. So <laughs> True. it's good for sound stuff because the, the fabrics absorb the radial sound, the atmosphere. You but, do sound um, great. <laughs> thank you. Um, but, yeah, there have been days where it's like I run late doing my makeup. So I'm literally balancing my laptop on my eyeshadow palette <laughs> before I start a live show, you know. <laughs> Oh, I've got a box of grits that I'm trying to get into the union. That box of grits has worked so hard. The number of times I've had to put a camera, there was like there was things I had a I had a FedEx box, a grits box, and a box of candle came in, and mm-hmm. that was. But that grits box, whoo! When I, I tell you that she needs benefits, she worked hard during the quarantine. My cats, I have. Like, uh, I have a cat tower that none of the cats use that has become my tech station because I got right. a level, I got a level for lights, I got a level for my <laughs> phone, I got a level for my computer. Um, but you did mention, um, doing your animated voiceover recording work yes. from home. Um, okay, so that's one of those moments you mentioned earlier, like. We would have joke meetings. And then mm-hmm. um, you're talking about uh, doing voiceover for animation from your bedroom. Um, mm-hmm. is, is it moments like that where you're like, what is my job? Like, <laughs> like, yeah. like yeah. doesn't it feel like we're just playing make-believe sometimes? <laughs> the, fact, the, the thing that messed me up the most was <laughs> I was like, I was home working. Yeah. But they were still paying me office money. And I was like... <laughs> This is this is this. <laughs> are you sure? I'm gonna take it. But are we? Okay. 
All right, I still got to pay my mama's mortgage. I'm going to take the money. But I know you're supposed to be asking me questions, but I've been very interested in this. Um, I wasn't doing any Zoom shows because of... Because I'm a theater kid and because I'm, you know, with just, we live in a live performance yeah, yeah, yeah. world. Mm-hmm. That's why I wasn't doing Zoom shows because I couldn't feel the audience. Yeah. I, I, How I, is it doing drag shows on the, on, on, uh, on the white man's internet uh, <laughs> when you can't feel the it's, audience? It's nuts. Um, it's nuts for a few reasons. And I kind of like, you know, the thing is, it's nuts... But I found a way to make it work for myself. And it's like, if I don't do this, how else am I going to stay connected with my audience and keep them True. like, how, how am I going to keep them engaged and make them feel taken care of in a, in a sense, you know, that sounds mm, like okay. that sounds like um, holier than now. But like, I also want to make sure my audience stays entertained, yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, I did start to feel like, you know, I, I owe this to them. They've come out to see my shows for a mm. long time. I okay. owe it to them to figure out the weirdness of performing for mm. my com- computer, you know, so that I can still give them something during this time, especially, you know, since I, I was thinking about the people who had bought tickets to all my tours that got canceled. You know, I want right. to still give them something. But that said, difficult as fuck because you okay. tell a joke. And, yeah. you know, when you like write a joke, there's like it's all about timing and, mm-hmm. the, you know, the musicality of the joke. And you like, you know, put all the pieces together and you're like, if I say it like this, I'm assured yeah. like maybe 20, uh, 20, 10 seconds to 20 seconds of laughter to like reset for the next joke. Mm-hmm. And when you're performing for a computer, <laughs> all that all that like um years of experience and training goes out the window cuz you tell your joke and there's just utter silence and you're like, "And now how do I get to the next joke?" Cuz normally there's like laughter here Ooh. to pad the transition. <laughs> you know? And you ain't got nothing, not a thing, Nathan. And there were times when I would ask my roommates to watch the shows and I would encourage them to laugh. But I live with a bunch of very shy, introverted people. And even the thought of people hearing their laughter on the Zoom call (laughs) was too Mm. much for them. So they'd sit there going... And I'm like, please, please give uh, me something. I need the sounds. I'm a vampire who is running on fumes right now. <laughs> give me your laughter. I need to consume it. <laughs> I have been wondering, because, but some comics loved it. They thrived on it. And some of them, they would change it to where, because at one point everyone was like, okay, leave the sound on mm-hmm. so we can at least hear the audience. And then turn the cameras off. And they're like, but we Mm -hmm. can't see people. And they're like, okay, well, leave the cameras and the sound on. But the problem when you do that is it's still people at their own house. Yeah. So they're laughing, but now they're doing (laughs) dishes, having a conversation. Now they're on the phone. Yeah. So I don't know if we ever found a good equilibrium with that. I I don't think it can be synthesized, but I think, uh, you know, like, I, I think we did the very, very best mm-hmm. that we could. Both audiences and entertainers found a way to make it work. And also what I would say is, even though it felt awkward as hell for me, the feedback has always been lovely. And I feel mm. like people are like, they go into it knowing it's a Zoom show. It's not going to be the same as being live. So, you know, they're they're being very gracious and they're being very loyal and supportive. That's and great. 
There was only one time that I kind of like noticed that the chat happening in one of the live shows I was doing was a chat about something having nothing to do with my show. And I was like, Ooh. maybe this number gets cut next time. I do this <laughs> I've clearly lost them. But, um, but so where know, would you perform at? Sorry to interview you on your podcast. No, no, you're fine. Um, I would say, you know, like sometimes it was in front of my um, uh, fireplace if I was doing a singing show. I did a couple Mm. like um, more more talky shows um, similar to what we're doing right now. But, you know, like with a video uh, component. And I did those from my bed for a while. And my assistant, who also lives with me, is also my best friend. He, we were doing shows from my bedroom for about two weeks when he finally said, okay, we've, we've got to do, like, you can't just be, you're literally in bed all day. <laughs> like, you wow, don't even have, yeah. you're not even going downstairs to do your shows anymore. Yeah. And I feel like I've catered to that and I've got to step in and say, let's get you. <laughs> at let's get least you downstairs. <laughs> at least downstairs. <laughs> and that's when we worked on the, the office space. But, um. But, you know, it's all I I think everyone's just um, very patient with each other right now because we all know we're trying we're trying our best to figure it out. So I would say just like everything else, like we've been talking about, there have been good aspects to it and there have been bad aspects to it. And ultimately, I'm just ready to get back on stage. Um, I'm not going to do it until it's absolutely right to do it. Uh, I'm not like jumping the gun with that, but I am very much ready to get back to it. (laughs) Yeah, I've been, uh, let's just say that there were times I was doing shows. We probably shouldn't be doing shows. (laughs) Um, But like outdoor shows started popping off Mm -hmm. and and they were still doing them well until when it was cold. Yeah. And at a certain point in like December, and I was like, I think we got to stop. I think we got to stop. <laughs> it's 20 some odd degrees out here. And you would see people outside, like one club had like heaters. And it's like, okay, there's heaters out here, but people are also out here in like those emergency, like Dorito bag blankets, um, <laughs> just yeah. freezing. And I'm just like, this is not, no, I didn't, she didn't, she didn't come up for this. Like it was, <laughs> Like your hands would be cold. Yeah. And I'm like, and that's all you're thinking about. (laughs) And that's all you're thinking about. And I was like, uh, let's, let's not. And so it, you just had to learn, you had to, you know, you had to figure out like, okay, we're outside and you know, now there's a garbage truck going by. So you gotta pause for a second, (laughs) you know, or there's a siren or there's a bus or there's, but the other thing about like when the lockdown, lockdown ended and we were doing these outdoor shows, it was amazing. Yeah. Because, like, people were just, like, we just wanted to be out of the house. Yeah. And people weren't, I can say that, and even with coming back, people aren't heckling at all, but mm-hmm. they also want you to talk to them more. <laughs> was like, Please acknowledge me. Please validate my existence. <laughs> no, you being here is validating mine. Like... <laughs> because it's been interesting to see people, you know, coming out and, you know, the comics that were coming out versus the comics that weren't going out at all. But like, you know, my mom, once everything started, she sent me, she was making masks. She made masks for me. She made masks for my friends. Um, I did a movie in January called Chick Fight that came out in November. And I had to, you know, I was playing in this big part. Like, it was like, it was a reasonable, like socially distanced party. Mm-hmm. And then three days before 
Cuomo was like, okay, no more than 10 people anywhere. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Do you know how many centerpieces I just made? <laughs> so like, I had done like a whole spread and it was like, all right, we got to follow the rules. We got to be safe. And that's the thing. It's been interesting that people that have been like, okay, let's be safe. And the other people are like, nah, fuck it. <laughs> Do yeah. what I want. What? It's, yeah. It's been, it's definitely been just an interesting experience that I think we'll all be like stronger for when we're on the other side of it. Um, yes. I will say that some of the challenges have led me to doing things that I've been putting off for a long time, like doing podcasts or doing more video and sketch writing and like mm-hmm. character work because I've been kind of comfortably doing the Jinx Monsoon cabaret gig for so yes. long and it's like what I do if I don't have any like if I'm not getting auditions for other things I'm just going to keep doing my own work you know right. but finding solutions to some of the obstacles has led me to like having new ideas and you know it's led to creative growth but I'm also now like okay that was fun I've grown and now get me back to what I'm good at I'm done um, <laughs> I grew exactly. I drank all the alcohol I did all my growth done <laughs> I, I think I finished Pornhub. <laughs> I've seen it finished. all. I've seen um, all the porn. I am so um, interested in hearing about your experience being on the Great North because I am an adult child. I pretty much only watch cartoons and and shows about superpowers and magic. Um, I love I just love animated shows because I feel like the possibilities are endless. Like you can have Alanis Morissette coming from the clouds and being your spirit guide in the sky. Um, (laughs) It's uh, it's been so cool doing that. It's. uh... It's weird to watch the show and hear my voice. Mm-hmm. That's the weirdest <laughs> thing. It's like, because when the show first came out, like my one of my friends were like texting me. Uh, you're like, yo, that's your voice. Like one of my friends didn't know I was like on the show. Mm-hmm. It hit me up and like, are you on the show? Because I thought I heard you. And I was like, that's me. Um, it's weird to hear your voice. It's weird to hear your voice and not see your face. Yeah. Um. Which is one thing that has been interesting, but it's been great because, like, uh, I got to give input on how the character looks. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Wendy Molino, her uh, and her sister Lizzie, they created the show. Mm-hmm. And when we were, because, oh my God, I think I auditioned for the show like in 2019, maybe. Uh, people don't realize how long it takes to put, get a TV show on the air. Animation, but, animation especially, especially. yeah, especially it animation. takes forever. <laughs> it's, oh, so, so they were showing me like prototypes of the character, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Just give her an afro." Yeah, They're like yeah, and I was like, "Just do a squiggle. It's an afro. Just draw a squiggle, <laughs> put it somewhere near where her head where her head is, and mm-hmm. she's got an afro." And they were like, "Okay, let's see." And I did not know that that's how she looked until um. We had like our first like official table read. I was in LA and I get there and not only does she have an afro, there's an afro, there's a flower in her hair. Mm -hmm. And my headshot, I have an afro with the flower in my hair. So they started kind of adapting the character to the voice actor. I get, I guess like, yeah, because they didn't tell me. I just like, I didn't know what she was going to look like. And then I got there and I sent like a picture to like my manager and my mom. And I was just like, they made her look like me. Um, (laughs) 
The other thing that I love is that I said to them, that was like, I was reading, um, we were recording one of the episodes for like the, and I was like, oh, this is up. She's in bed. If she's in head bed, she's got to have a head wrap on. She has to have yeah. her hair tied up. And they're like, we already got it. And I was like, <laughs> come on. I was so excited to find out that they had her hair wrapped up. Cause that yeah. is the, like, I mean, as much as we love scandal, every time I saw her in her bed and her hair was not tied up, I was like, <laughs> Fuck, what? Um, and the cast of the Great North is just like, it's really an amazing assemblance of very talented, amazing people. Um, have you recorded the majority of it from your bedroom or did you have any in-studio time with other cast members? We had in-studio time. Um, so I've done a few, uh, I was in a table read and record in LA and uh, me and Aparna live in New York. So when we would have, so a lot of times when I would record, it would be me and Aparna together in the studio. Um, but the thing that's actually been interesting with Zoom is because we would do table reads. So it was everybody in LA and then anyone who wasn't in LA would like call in. <laughs> yeah. But with Zoom, it's, we're all on like mm-hmm. for a table read. We're usually all on. Mm-hmm. So that's, and then they gave us like the Zoom backgrounds where we have like our character's name and Remember, we have like a guest star. I don't have like their name above it. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool with Zoom for the table reads is because we get to see everybody mm-hmm. in the table reads as opposed to me just, you know, I would literally be at Daily Show on my office phone, <laughs> read my lines off my computer and then be like, all right, guys, and be like, bye. And then I'm back at work. So that's been the coolest thing is like, um, I hope even when like the world comes back, like when we do the table reads, I kind of hope we still stay on Zoom because then we can see everybody because I'm married to Will on the show and he is the sweetest man and <laughs> Nick Offerman is very funny and it's yeah. just been really great and I've always loved a part of stand up um my so first really great introduction to Aparna uh, Aparna Nonchurla um mm-hmm. was uh Z-Way's show Baited and mm. Aparna is so funny on that and I mean they're both hysterical the show's amazing um and it was one of those moments that once I saw her once now yeah. I see her everywhere yeah and then when I realized it was her voice because the voice was so familiar she plays a young white boy in the show Moon. yeah she plays Moon. <laughs> but his, and, but her voice is perfect for him absolutely perfect and it's 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 a I mean she's got you both have amazing voices for um, voiceover work and and you both have soothing easy to listen to voices <laughs> thank you so much mm, um, it's just it's it, i love animation and i also you know i love that <laughs> it seems that the animation that's happening now is finally like acknowledging and correcting the long-standing <laughs> problematic thing of you had like back in the day you had like three white voice actors voicing every single character on the show yeah. and plenty of characters they had no business voicing. Plenty of them. Plenty of them. Uh, Hari Kondabolu did a whole documentary about it called yeah. "The Problem with Apu," um, and I don't even think Hank Azari does his voice anymore. I don't even know if yeah. Apu's on the show anymore, but. It's, um, I'm glad that I'm able to, it's funny because somebody commented one day, they were just like, well, if white actors voice 
actors of color isn't okay, then how can Aparna do Moon? And I'm just like, because she can, bro. Because she can. Because she can. And fuck you. And maybe. Nice try, loser. <laughs> nice try. Don't black try to black Aparna's blessings, you bastard. Exactly. My, my thought on that is just like, maybe when white people have been oppressed for centuries upon centuries upon thousands of years, then maybe we'll have that conversation. <laughs> but, until but until we get then, there. <laughs> How about you get off this part of the internet, Playboy? Exactly. You sound stupid. Um, and but also fuck you. Yeah. Also fuck you. Um, I can say my favorite animated show right now is Craig of the Creek. It's uh I watched some of that. And and I, that's one of those shows that is actually for children, but it's still good for, for adults, right? Yes. Yeah, and yeah. one Fortune Feemster does a voice on the show. First of all, shout out to Fortune. Mm. She stay working. Yeah. She stay getting the shit. Um <laughs> But I want to do a voice on that show so bad. But it's like when you watch those kids cartoons like Craig of the Creek or like Recess, where it's like these kids have like their own like kingdoms and like yeah. their own like little groups of friends. I was just like, what the fuck was I doing as a kid? <laughs> I was doing childhood wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Were other kids doing this shit? <laughs> I I played some weird games as a kid. I was basically I I me and my friends used to LARP. Um <laughs> I fuck with it. I LARPed into my teens. Um <laughs> But I remember, you know, I always oh god, that's a that's a different podcast. That's a different <laughs> I was gonna go I'm off. I was gonna tangent. try LARPing, but uh the hardest <laughs> listen. That's why one of my favorite things would be to go to like Dragon Con, because we started a uh a hashtag called Black at Dragon Con because we would just mm-hmm. see each other and be like, "What are you doing here? What are you doing here?" <laughs> and then, but I'm just glad there's like a, now there's just white people going, "Can we be Cleons?" And I'm gonna go, "No, you can't be. You can't. It's just us, me and Michael Dorn." <laughs> is Dragon Con? Is it an anime? Anime? It's like Comic Con. It's Comic-Con. just in Atlanta. Okay, so um, I just remember that one year DragCon was happening, and somehow DragCon and DragonCon kept getting mixed up for each other. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there are a lot of drag queens who are like, uh, "I'll be here," and then it's like hashtag DragonCon, <laughs> and everyone was like, "You're gonna be there? You're gonna be there that weekend?" <laughs> no, you're doing the wrong thing. You're doing the wrong thing. You're just gonna what? It's just. You should just see Jiggly Caliente and Stormtroopers, <laughs> and you're like, call her manager. Her booking was wrong. <laughs> Something got lost in translation. Oh, um, sidebar, <laughs> speaking of DragCon, I brought this because I wanted to show you. So the first DragCon uh, in Los Angeles, I... <laughs> the giant, the, the Gia Gun hula hoop purse. That, yes. Did you have that made? It, I love it. No, I was at DragCon. Oh, and wait, I wanted was she to... selling those? Yes, she was selling them. She had a friend there was selling them. And I get there, and this was like the black one, right? It was like the black yeah. bag with the hula hoops. And I get up to the booth, and I was like, there's only one black bag left, right? And I see this girl, and I walk up, and I was like, sweetheart, are there any more black bags? And he's like, oh. And the, the, the man that's at Gia's booth is like, oh, no, she got the last one. But I see her on her phone holding her card. And I was like, hmm. And I was like, what's going on with her card? And she was like, he goes, well, you know, she's having a little bit of issue. You know, she's like, he didn't want to say it. I just went, my car's not going to get declined. And he went, sorry, girl. And then like dropped the bag. I was like, here you go. But then he couldn't find the card swiper. And I was like, come on, Jesus. So I bought that bag right in front of that damn girl. And I, I straight up said, my car's not going to get declined. Come on. 
Come on. Come up off this bag. And so Gia Gunn sees us with the bag as we're walking through. Mm-hmm. She has a whole line of people stop to take autographs with her. She stops her line. And then me and two uh, two guys that I was there with, uh, I would call them friends, but that would be a lie. Um, <laughs> they, Gia does like a full photo shoot with us and the person. She gave me an autograph picture. It was, and I just moved, so I don't know where the picture is, but it's a <laughs> full-on thing, and it was absolutely ridiculous, and I met all the queens, because this was before it was on VH1, so it wasn't yeah. surrounded by annoying-ass kids. But, <laughs> yes, I did I've show you some, my- Yeah, I love that purse. I love that story for you, and I love that DragCon has um, become, it's almost like, it's funny, because I see, like, big-time celebrities at DragCon walking around not being recognized at all because there's enough drag queens around to distract everyone from the fact that Marsha Gay Harden is just like walking around the conventions. Just trying to see like, oh my God, it's like, am I famous enough to not have to stand in a line to talk to Latrice Royale? And it's like, no, you're not. No, it's unless Cher walks in the building, everyone stands in a line. Remember the first drag con, you couldn't, RuPaul was surrounded by curtains. And if you did not pay for the meet and greet, you couldn't get a glimpse of RuPaul. And I was like, you know what, bitch? Run it. And then Tyra yeah. Sanchez had a booth. We had to pay $20 to take a picture with her. And I had on, I had done like this cute, I had like a leopard print bra, lace print shirt, leopard print pants, little leopard and black patent leather shoe. And then I had like a long ponytail. And I had like a little, just like a little leopard print illusion. Uh-huh. Face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tyra Sanchez comes walking through and I was like, can I get a picture with you? And she's like, mm. I was like, girl. And she's like, okay, hurry up. <laughs> and I got, when I tell you, I was, I was out back smoking, uh, cigarettes with ginger minge. Mm-hmm. Then I was like hanging out with Willem. Um, I'm like talking to Jay. Like I've met every single drag queen that day. <laughs> I'm so serious. I was like, you I had met- your punch card. You checked them all yes. off. You had your bingo. You <laughs> And then what, um, eight, what was it? April. Oh, what's her name? Carry on. April carry on. Yes. So yeah, I didn't want to say it wrong. So April (laughs) carry on was staying with my home girl because her room, my home girl's roommate makes clothes for April carry on. So April carry on was at the house. So when I get to drag con, April carry on's got this whole line and she looks at me, she goes, and I walk through and I walk around the corner. I'm like, Hey girl. She goes, Perra. I was like, Perra. And so again, her whole line stops and people looking at me just shooting daggers. And I'm just like, I mean, she didn't call you Perra girl. So that's why you gotta wait this line. <laughs> Bye. Like I was in my best life at drag con. So, and then the next time I went at the Javits center, now I was on VH1. I was like, who are these fucking kids? I can't talk to nobody. And then I just saw Bob, the drag queen sitting there like a, looking like a mall Santa. Cause it was just like, uh, okay, like just taking pictures of people, like, oh, uh, and I was like, this is not, this is not how drag queen should be treated. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's. I mean, I just never thought I'd see the day. I really never thought I'd see the day. The first time I went, I didn't have a booth or anything. I went and I was like, I'm just gonna go have fun and walk around. I didn't know that that was impossible, um, mm. because I just never thought I'd see the day that drag queens would have this level of fandomonium, you know, um, Bless we, when, when you get your start, like in dive bars, it mm-hmm. seems impossible that mm-hmm. there would be a day that there would be a convention devoted to drag, but you know, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you everyone for making this <laughs> possible. <laughs> Hold up. 
I want to give you my um, my favorite outro questions. And I want to thank okay. you so much for um, doing this podcast because this has been a delight. And congratulations on all your success. And I'm wishing you... Congratulations so, on uh, your m- success. <laughs> thank you. I'm wishing you many, many more years of of just everything that you're doing because I love... I just love it all. Um, you, I need to too, ask, babe. though, who yes. is your celebrity crush today? Okay, listen. All right, so <laughs> uh, celebrity crush of all time, mm-hmm. Mandy Patinkin. I don't know why. I can't tell you. I can't, I I can't explain it. I guess. <laughs> Nobody would have. Listen, if they ever come up with a time machine, this is what I'm going back in time to do. I'm uh, banging a Harry Met Sally Billy Crystal. Um... <laughs> A Willy Wonka Gene Wilder. Listen, this is what I'm doing. I'm trying to get attainable men, okay? I'm in a, this is what I'm trying to do. I don't, you know, it, this is TV's fault, okay? They're talented. It's, they're so talented mm-hmm. that it's like, I have to see his dick. Right? Like, you ever get to, that's what it is. Yeah, I mean, there are times where I want to say it's because they're talented, but I get my obsessions with people and it has, you know, there are times where it has nothing to, you know, I try to justify my crush on them, but it's really just a guilty pleasure. Like my, um, I know I'm not the only one who has like a big Pete Davidson crush, but my, my roommates, (laughs) my roommates give me a hard time about it. And I'm always like, but he's so good to his mom and he's so funny. And they're like. No, it's just that you like big, you like tall, scrawny guys because you think they have a big dick. <laughs> yeah, listen, I know Pete Davidson. Mm-mm. I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I don't want. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear I, that. Like you, you compartmentalize your relationships so you're not like lusting after your coworkers. <laughs> I know I've slept with comics before. That's all I'm saying. I'm just saying, not that one. Uh, my true. So like that was like my crushes of all time. My true, uh-huh. true crush. Is Tyler Lepley. Yes, very sexy. <laughs> I uh he was on P Valley. He played Diamond. And I want to give him kids. Like I <laughs> like this should be like I want his offspring to enter the world through me. Like that's what you want to be the threshold. I want to be the threshold. <laughs> I want to be the vessel that's gonna make him a father. That's what I want for myself and what the I, and what I hope the Lord wants for me. Um, and I've tried to say something on my Instagram, girl, but, you know, he oh. probably, his DMs are probably <laughs> flooded, flooded. That boy is flooding basements from coast to coast. So he's flooding basements. His DMs is flooded. So maybe um, maybe the Lord would bless me to meet this man <laughs> in person when, you know, my, my titties is at their highest. Uh, <laughs> That's what I want. But yes, that's my that's my celebrity crush is Tyler Lepley because um I want to be his wife. Not baby mama. I wanna be his wife. Okay. His you, wife. You're ready for the commitment. Yes, you got you think I'm gonna let that man leave me? <laughs> ha! You're crazy. I will fight any bitch coming at him. Human, animal, listen, if you own a vagina, I'm punching you. Get away from my man. I Beat can't it, think bitch. of a I can't think of a better way to end our conversation today <laughs> than on the line if you own a vagina I'm punching you <laughs> it's a loaded statement um, but I'm not the one who said it so I'm going to just let it linger listen I, I, I'm here I believe women I support women but if you get near my man you know how hard I had to work to get this this man bitch get flat there is no way there's 
no way. I am fucking the species it. <laughs> Mammals, dolphins, chickens, cats, back <laughs> the fuck up. I pulled this man. I will just, go to war. I so will go to war. Your future husband will just live in a biodome that only you have access to. Oh no, we gotta be no, we got to be out in the streets to let you know that I pulled this <laughs> pretty ass man. Okay. Okay. Look, look at the Lord. Listen, you you don't believe in God? Let me prove let me give you proof that Jesus is real. If you don't believe in our Lord and Savior, look at this man that God let me marry. You can get saved today. Me, him, come on. Of course you what? This is only a miracle from God on high that I pulled. Tyler Lepley, Google, but Google him, Google me, and if I pull this man, that's sainthood. For something, whoever marries us, there's sainthood. the evidence for um, divine intervention. Um, I I will light a candle and some incense for 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 this to manifest for you. Thank bless, you bless, so bless. much for being my my guest today, Dual Say. I um, had so much fun. I had so much fun too, and it's so nice reconnecting with you um, since uh, I have such blurry memories of that after party. Uh, <laughs> Don't worry, uh, I do too. <laughs> so thank you, Dulce, and thank you to everyone for listening to Hijinks here on the Forever Dog and Moguls of Media Network. My name is Jinx Monsoon, and we have new episodes every Wednesday, so make sure to search for Jinx on your favorite podcast app and hit subscribe. You can follow me at The Jinx on Instagram and Jinx Monsoon everywhere else. Where can they follow you, Dulce? You can follow me at, at Dulce Sloan. That is D-U-L-C-E-S-L-O-A-N. Not Dolce. My mother went to college. And... <laughs> And that's that on the it's all the places on the interwebs everywhere on the white man's internet uh, Twitter Facebook Black Planet uh, is anybody still on Black Planet and Instagram I, I'm most active on Instagram so follow me on there <laughs> me too it's it's nice to have just the one focal point uh, <laughs> yeah I like pictures all the Twitter is too much reading man yeah exactly I mean some things never change uh, <laughs> um, thank you again Dulce and I'll see all of my listeners I guess I won't see you I'll be talking at you next Wednesday for some more hijinks forever to listen to hijinks ad free and one day early Sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcasts.com slash plus. Make sure to follow at Forever Dog Team and at Mom Podcasts on social and rate and review Hijinx five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hijinx is produced by Forever Dog and Moguls of Media, a.k.a. Mom, hosted by me, Jinx Monsoon, produced by Big Dipper, editing and sound design by Will Pitts, executive produced by Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey.